to no matter where, no matter when. Um, so we are going to have a weird episode, weird episode. <laughs> not our only this season, not our first this season. Um, but we're going to talk about what our dreams were when we were little and the reality of those dreams <laughs> or what our reality has become. Yeah. So I, um, so I wanted to be a bag lady when I was little. Now let me explain that. (laughs) So when I was little, I liked bags. That has not changed as anyone who knows me knows I love bags, designer bags, especially. But when I was little, I filled my bags with bags and that's what I wanted to do for a living. I just wanted to have bags with bags and I wanted to somehow make money (laughs) off of filling my bags with more bags and having bags. I really, really like bags. I also wanted to be a teacher though, to be fair. And you know, that did happen, but more importantly, I just really wanted to have a lot of bags and that was my dream when I was little. I'm not sure I fully understood how dreams worked because That's not a thing. (laughs) But to be fair, Amber, what did you want to be when you were little? I wanted to be where the people are. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to be Ariel. I 100% walked around for not flipped my fins. I walked on those things called legs. For the time I was like three to like six. And I would tell people, I'm the Little Mermaid. I still tell people that. So I wanted to be Ariel. Um, (coughs) I wanted to be a mermaid. I'm pretty sure my fifth birthday, that was my wish. And it didn't fucking come true. So I can tell you now because it's it's not coming true. Um, 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, that's why I have red hair is because I'm pretty much Ariel. And I have her tattooed on my leg. I don't have that, but I was convinced that I was, like, I would go as far as every time I touched the water would tell people, do you see my tail? (laughs) That's cute. Um, And they did not, but I 100% wanted to be Ariel. Mm -hmm. I wanted to find Prince Ewick, and I wanted to just swim the ocean, and... I didn't want to have red hair, though. I wanted my hair. <laughs> I wanted to be Ariel, which wouldn't have worked because my was, hair my hair was um, platinum blonde. I was going to say, yeah, those two don't go together. No. So I would have looked like one of her sisters instead. Yeah. But I wanted to, in every other literal sense, wanted to be Ariel. I get that. I um, have taken it probably a little too far. <laughs> But I sang everything I did. I sang. Yeah. I still to this day make up random songs and sing it. It's fun. Here's my question for you, though. You don't actually like anything in the water. I don't like animals. So how would that work? I guess I didn't have that fear when I was little. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of right now. Is that like I had a flounder bag that I used to take in the bath with me. 
he needed water. Yes, but what I don't understand is what would you have done if there was an actual flounder swimming next to you? I don't know. Exactly. They're not as cute as that flounder. No, so they're not. I don't know. Exactly. I don't think I was that scared, though, when I was little. I mean, I definitely would not take a fish off a hook. My grandpa did that for me. Um, I didn't have as much fear. I don't think children do have much fear in general. I mean, I 100% and I still to this day at my age believe that sharks are going to come through the drains and pools and they're waiting for me in the deep end. No. Yeah, I do. That is like my unrealistic fear. If I go night swimming, I 100% think that there's a shark that's going to come out and eat me at some point. No, I'm saying no because it's not going to happen. I know. I still think it's going to happen. Okay. I think something's going to come and chase me in the water. Period. Okay. End of story. I I like sharks. No. I'm really looking forward to going cage diving Nope. Soon. Nope. And them chumming the water so that I can be near the sharks. Nope. I would die. You want to be where the people are? I want to be where the sharks are. I don't want to be where the people are, though. I don't like people. Who does? <laughs> But yeah, I wanted to be Ariel, and that was obviously not my reality. And then in my preschool yearbook that, yes, I still have, I said I wanted to be a movie star. Obviously, that fucking didn't happen either. Okay. Um, and then it changed. I think it was like I wanted to do Broadway. That didn't happen either. And I did say I want to become a teacher. So obviously that one of them came true, but it wasn't until much later. But like growing up, my reality was, is that I was going to be a movie star, singer, and Ariel. When did you get the dream that you wanted to be a mom? Oh, yeah, that's the other one that came true. Very young on. I want to say I was like probably like four or five and I would strap my dollies to me and This is my baby. I think I always wanted to be a mom. Like, I always had that in me that I wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the big ones. The big, probably the biggest dream that became a reality for me. Yeah. Um, I never wanted to get married from a very young age. I wanted to wear a pretty dress, but I did not want to get married. I get that. (laughs) I, I don't think kids and marriage were really things that I thought about. I wanted to be in love. Okay. That was something that was really important to me when I was little. Yeah. Was being in love. And like until my trauma mm-hmm. and all of that for me in my head being in love meant like Disney love and like it was a fairy tale. And yeah. You know, the perfect guy was going to come and sweep me off my feet. do it. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, it was going to be magical and wonderful. And I was snapped out of that real quick and real young. And what did they say? Disney gave me unrealistic expectations. Yeah. But it kind of, I would have liked to have held on to that a little longer. Yeah. And I, it's not even just that I would have liked to have held on to that. I would have liked to have at least kept the thought that, like, true love is possible. Yeah. And I feel like that was taken from me. 
Because, like, even just the fact that, like, okay, yeah, fairy tales aren't real. Yeah. But I lost that, and I lost that true love was real. Yeah. In one fail swoop. So, like, for me, that dream of, you know, finding my prince and falling in love and all of that stuff, like, I feel like that didn't come true because it died. Yeah. Like, it's not that it didn't come true because, you know, it's impossible to be a mermaid or really expensive to be a mermaid. Apparently you can be a mermaid now. You just have to pay thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, like there are certain things like you can't be a professional bag lady. Like this not a thing. <laughs> but like You could if you make the bags. Yeah yeah, but you're not getting paid for carrying them around with them inside each other. <laughs> no, no you're not. <laughs> so no. But like that dream didn't happen because it's just not something I believe anymore. Yeah. It's just not something I believe is possible. And I feel like that's different than my dream to be a bag lady. But I did always want to be a teacher. I just never knew what I wanted to teach. Yeah. Because for me, I didn't find Shakespeare until I was 13. And once I did, I, you know, even then. You were infatuated. I I, it was, you know, my passion and my hobby. But I didn't think like, oh, cool, this is something I could teach. Because when I started undergrad, my major was criminal psychology. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then I realized that I could major in English literature and focus on Shakespeare. And I was like, great, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I learned that, you know, I can teach Shakespeare and I can teach literature. And these are things that I can actually spend the rest of my life concentrating on. Yeah. Um, And once I found that out, I was like, great. That's what I want to do. And that's how I'm going to fulfill that dream. I think I always also wanted to be a writer. Yeah. I can see that because that's always been my thing when I was little, um, not little, but like when I started making poor decisions, I used to write my mom a letter every year. I don't remember if it was for mother's day or her birthday, one of the two. And I would write an entire letter apologizing for all the things I had done wrong that year. Okay. I did every year. It was almost like my own personal Yom Kippur. Okay. Like just forgiveness for my sins for the entire year. I'm going to commit more, but at least, you know, these ones can be forgiven. (laughs) Can't tell you what's going to happen now. Yeah. Until next year. Honestly, uh... if I were to do that now, since the last time that I wrote her a letter apologizing, I'd need a fucking encyclopedia. Because I don't think I've written her one in probably, like, 10 years. Okay. That means, like, all of college, all of New York, all of grad school. I've been out of grad school seven years. God, that seems like, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Yeah, but it has. Yeah, Madison 7, just turned 8. So, that's a lot of shit I've done. And a lot of shit I've said. So, yeah, no, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> but I've always wanted to be a writer. And, you know, I've done that. And I've, I've done pretty well with that. And, you know, hopefully my next book will come out soon. Once my I mean, so I think you are a writer. I am. I am a four-time published author. Yeah. But, you know, I... You should be a Carrie Bradshaw. I've thought about it. I just write differently. Yes, very differently. 
I'm just not that person that can write like that. Yeah. I also don't want to write my friend's sex lives into a book. <laughs> that would be a lot. It would be a lot. I mean, we talk about it. We do. And we're you and I are very open about it. Yeah. But my other friends are not as open. And also, my other friends have not been as adventurous as you and I have. Touche. So, a lot of it also wouldn't be that interesting. Yeah. Probably not. So, yeah, it is what it is. It's funny, though, because I feel like from a young age, you set these dreams. So, Madison has now told me on multiple occasions, she said it to family as well, that she wants to be a mom. She wants to drive a minivan and she wants four kids. Okay. I started out saying that. So I think it's funny. Like I always said I wanted to have four kids. I wanted to have two boys, two girls. I never, I don't think I said I wanted to drive a minivan because that's what I grew up driving. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wanted to be a mom and I wanted four babies. Um, she has not gone as far as to tell, like, exclusively two boys, two girls. She just knows the first one. She wants to be a girl. Interesting. And it's going to have the name Rose somewhere. <laughs> Interesting. That may change. It probably Um, will. but she was on that kick for a while. Like, can mm-hmm. you change my name to Rose? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but she has. And then, you know, now it's expanded to she wants to open her own dance studio and make it, like, the squared version of where she goes now, which I'm not going to release because I don't mm-hmm. need people stalking my child. Yeah. Um, and then it's been, well, I want to be a veterinarian during the day and a dance studio owner at night and then a mom. So it'll be funny to look back on, like, when she and graduates. She does all of that. And be like, hey, <laughs> Remember when you were telling mommy that this is what you want to be? Um, but it's funny because it's very similar and very aligned with, like, what I wanted, kind of what I wanted to do growing up. There was Ariel, and then I wanted to be an oceanographer. Nice. Um, but I only wanted to work with orcas and dolphins. Okay. <laughs> because everything else scared the shit out of me. Valid. <laughs> Um, who doesn't want to work with Free Willy and Flipper? I'm just saying. Pre, uh, you know, them now killing people left and right. Because they're pissed off at something. I Um, can't imagine what that could be. mm, So I wanted to do that. And then, it's again, it's just just changed as I've grown. Mm -hmm. You know, I was telling Allie before we recorded this, that my dream job would probably be a professional baby snuggler. And I feel like I would never be in a bad mood because I would just be snuggling babies all day. So if you don't know me personally, you're probably like, well, that's fucking weird. Um, I love babies. Love me some babies. Doesn't matter whose baby it is. I love babies. Um, And I always envisioned having lots of babies. Just did not work out that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love a good baby snuggle. I love all of the things about like the babies, the newborn smell, like mm-hmm. even when they yak, it doesn't bother me. Right. Changing diapers, like I am infatuated with. Maybe because it's just the start of life and it's so innocent and precious. Yeah. Um, But I am absolutely enamored with little babies. And I feel like if that's something I could do, 
and just snuggle babies and sing to them and be with them all day like that would be what I would want to do you know you probably could volunteer at a NICU to do that so yes the problem with that is is there's which I'm not worried about there's like a certain clearance you have to go through and it's not a lot of hospitals offer that Mm -hmm. because if you don't have the medical background obviously they're worried about you bringing something to the NICU Mm -hmm. And they are worried about with certain cases, um, there's protocol they have to follow mm-hmm. and only like certain people can interact with that baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is something I thought about like volunteering in a NICU because they do have certain NICUs have for like babies that were born drug dependent and their parents abandoned them. Yeah. Um, orphan babies Mm -hmm. so there's different places you just really have to like not it's not a why they're not just advertising hey come snuggle these babies yeah um but that's definitely something that i've always said that i would look into probably when the kids are at least madison is a little bit older and i have you know more free time yeah which i don't foresee that happening but yeah Mm -hmm. um i think anything baby though puppies little baby kittens um, not in the I will claw your face out though because I'm scared of everything phase with kittens because that shit hurts. Yeah. But just baby, anything that's baby, period, except reptiles, amphibians, bugs, bugs anything that nice. crawls. Yeah, no, nice. They're not cute when they're babies. They're not cute in general. No. But no, I um I was saying when we were talking about that earlier is I, you know I'm very happy with being able to teach Shakespeare and mm-hmm. literature, English, and everything, and I love my full time job. But um, if I could just snuggle and play with penguins and just waddle with penguins all day, I would be thrilled. Yeah, which I could do if you know I got a different degree. Um, but then I'd also have to clean their shit. <laughs> um, and it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Take a lot of science and math courses. Yeah. I'm not down for that. I just really want to just play with them. I just yeah. want to be their friend. Feed them. Hang out with them. I have a feeling if you ever hit the lotto, you would just have a plethora of penguins as your personal pets. So I thought about it. And I don't think I would. Really? Yes. And I'll tell you why. Because... If it was multiple penguins and I could afford, like, a house that literally, like, my entire basement was, was, like, built specifically for for multiple penguins so they weren't alone, then maybe. Mr. Popper style? Yeah. But if if, if I could only just afford one penguin, no, absolutely not. I wouldn't do it. Oh, because it's your friend. Yeah. It would just, my penguin would be depressed. Why would I want a depressed penguin? Yeah. Like, that would make me a depressed penguin. No, you're you're going to either... I'm either going to go get, big or go home. Yeah, if I'm going to... I'm going to have a damn penguin zoo. It's going to be your own aquarium. Yes. I'm, in your house I'm, for the penguins. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not just going to have one. If I'm going to have any, I'm going to have, like, ten. You'd be drinking your coffee watching them swim. Hell yeah. <laughs> Every fucking, I'd never leave my house better. Better either have a lot of money from that lotto or a really great sugar daddy. Um... <laughs> Because I'm going to spend all my time with those penguins. I'm going to be like, guys, what adventure are Penelope and Pearl going on this year? I'd go insane. You think I'm a crazy cat lady right now. Imagine if I had cats and penguins. You'd have both. 
I would. There, one wing of the house would be for penguins. One wing of the house would be for cats. And a small section would be for yourself. Yeah. No, I don't want lots of cats. I'm good with just my girls. But my girls would need their own wing. Yeah. Because my girls are queens and they deserve all of the pampering possible. I think it's funny. Childhood uh, dreams. We were talking about this with vehicles. So for the longest time, I wanted a VW Bug, but like the cute ones that like Mandy Moore drives and candy. Okay. Um, because when I was little, I was going to have a pink car- Barbie Corvette. Naturally. And I wanted a, a <coughs> convertible for the longest time. And then obviously it changed. Mm -hmm. Like now, if you ask me, my dream vehicle is a Z71 Suburban that's beefed up and has all of the bells and whistles. And if I win the lotto, that's the first thing I'm pulling off the lot with. I want an airplane. Okay. I've always wanted an airplane and I want an airplane now. Like a 757 airplane or like a personal jet? A personal jet. Okay, that's different. Like I don't want to fly it. I mean, I want to Obviously know how to fly it. not. Like, I would like to know how to fly it. I, it's on my bucket list to learn to fly. To fly. You can take yeah, I know. I can. I have everything on my bucket list as possible to do. I've just never done any of it. Yeah. But I do. I would like to learn to fly. Yeah. But I would like a jet so I could literally just call someone and be like, get know. the jet ready. I'm going to England this week. Yeah. Like, I'd love that. And I've always loved that. Traveling has always been something very fun for me. I've never... I've never sat and been like you need to find a christian gray just so we can reap all the benefits that would be lovely <laughs> sorry if this ever comes true just saying like i've always loved travel because i've always traveled yeah you know my first trip to israel when i was when i was four so you know and i was when i learned to tie my shoes right after we went to israel and my parents couldn't find me I was in the galley teaching the flight attendants how to tie their shoes. <laughs> like, I I love to travel. I did a yeah. book report on my flight, my short flight to Toronto from Maryland. Because on our way to Israel, we stopped in Toronto. Toronto yeah. And then we went to Israel. And I wrote, like, an entire report with pictures and everything about my flight. It wasn't yeah. even really about my trip. Just about the flight. It was just about the flight. <laughs> Because I just, I love to fly. Yeah. There's just something to me that's so peaceful yeah. about being in an airplane. And I, I panic know, when I, I'm in an airplane. I know people get terrified of being in pa- I panic. And I get it. I get, under- I completely understand why airplanes can be terrifying. Yeah. But for me, when I look out the window and I see the clouds or I see the it's sunset peaceful. through the clouds, I am so calm. There is nothing that can hurt me when I'm up there, which I know is not true. Yeah. There are plenty of things that can hurt me up there. Yeah. But in my mind, everything that's hurting me that's on the ground no longer exists. Yeah. And I'm just at peace when I'm in the air. Even though you go down like you're on Splash Mountain. So that used to be the only thing that scared me (laughs) about flying was landing. Yeah. I never got scared taking off. I thought taking off was the most fun thing in the world. Um, Landing used to freak me out. Yeah. And still, like, there are times, like, with landing where I'll, you know, brace my feet a little bit when I land. I still watch the entire thing happen. Yeah. But I I will brace my feet because (coughs) 
I don't know. I did, but I do the same thing with roller coasters and yeah, you know, splash. I do it driving. Yeah, I I I brace my feet because I'm like, you know, logically that's not going to do shit. (laughs) But in my mind, it makes me feel safe. Yeah, I think it's just a reflex. But no, I would, you know, if I could, I would. I don't. I really don't care about cars. Yeah, it's never been my thing. As I said in another podcast, I don't shit about cars. I don't know shit about airplanes. I just know that for me, if I'm going to have any mode of transportation that I could possibly dream of, yeah, it's going to be an airplane. Yeah. Because for me, I'd rather fly across the world than drive anywhere. Yeah. Because I get that, like, for some people taking a, you know, a drive down A1A or, you know, a three-hour drive up, you know, whatever – or drive through the mountains is calming for them. And that's yeah. great. And I understand that. And, you know, sometimes that can be calming for me. That's how I feel being up in the air. Yeah. Because literally like my phone is on airplane mode. No one can reach me. Yeah. And all I have is the clouds and my writing if I want it yeah. or my music and I can just sleep and I'm at peace. Yeah. You know, people can't sleep on airplanes, but I sleep so well on airplanes. My flights to England, I sleep and knock the fuck out the entire time. <laughs> Eight hours, bam, they go by like that. So I think it just depends on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. We were talking about, you know, me going to Michigan in a previous episode. And I flat out, Kyle's like, we'll drive. I'm like, we are not driving. No. Like, that is a plane ride. Yeah. That is not, no. Yeah. We are not driving that far. Yeah. I think my max is probably like 13 hours. And then I'm like, get me the fuck out of the car. Um, so I did the drive to Maryland and that's 20. Mm-mm. Um, it's nope. fine. I mean, I also didn't have young kids in the car. Yeah. It was my parents, my cousin, the dog and me. No, no. So it was easy drive. It was fine. And also we were evacuating from a hurricane. So we did think about maybe like taking a train just to have that experience. It's fun. We've never done that. It's fun. So that's something we've talked about. We've also talked about renting an RV. Not right now because diesel prices are astronomical. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. But we have talked about running an RV with the kids and, like, planning a two-week trip to go from, like, East Coast to West Coast. So that is on my bucket list is to road trip from – is to chase the sun across the country. Yeah. Basically. Because I've chased the sun across the state. We've done it together. Yeah. Um, But I want to chase it across the country. Yeah. Um, It is on my bucket list. Yeah. I think it's number, like, eight. David wants to see um, the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. I really want to see the Redlands mm-hmm. and the big redwood trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to stop in Texas during like blue bonnet season, but that's the spring. Yeah. It's not going to happen because it would be during the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and just take in and see the sights that you don't get to see. <laughs> I was just telling him I would love to go to Utah and do, like, the salt flats yeah. or even Park City, like, one Christmas because you're guaranteed to have snow. Mm-hmm. Just different places that, you know, we didn't get to see. Like I was saying, I was telling um, it was Aunt Ashley, uh, we were talking about international travel. She's like, you know, I, I might – she's telling me she might be going to Mexico. And she's like – 
there's talks of Laredo in Texas or Mexico. She's like, I will do Laredo all day long. She's like, but Texas, I mean, Mexico scares the shit out of me. As it should. And I said, you're not wrong. She's like, I literally had a, a cargo freight the other day that got hijacked by the cartel. I'm like, well, that's fucking terrifying. And like, I've been to Mexico. Yeah. I, however, went on a cruise. That's different. And I only go on excursions through the cruise line. Yeah. And I do not leave no. the cruise line excursion. So that's what I was telling her. I said, yeah, I'll go to Mexico at a resort that's all inclusive that has shuttle transportation from the hotel to the airport and vice versa. I don't think I'd even do that. But, uh, like, they're provided shuttle transport, though. I don't think I'd even do that. Yeah. You can't trust... I wouldn't trust anybody. So they literally, she had a friend that works with her that just went to Cabo San Lucas and they told her when they booked at the resort what their shuttle was and to look for the name of the shuttle that they provide for the resort because basically what's happening is trafficking is huge right now Mm -hmm. and you will go to get in a taxi or order a car and it's not what you think it is. It's a fucked up world. So I'm going to a well-known resort where I see your name on the side of the fucking bus. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm getting on. Yeah. And I'm not leaving. If it's all inclusive, we're staying at that resort. Like we're doing everything that resort has to offer. Yeah, no, I'll stick with my cruises. And I don't need to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just telling her one of my very big dreams is to take my grandfather to like Puerto Rico. I would love to take him back to the Bronx to see where he grew up, but apparently he thinks that we need to bring a machete. So not something I want to transport on the subway. Just yeah. saying. I mean, plenty of people do, but no, I think certain areas of the Bronx are fine. Just you have to be cautious. You have to be aware of your yes. surroundings and don't go at night. And I told him it is not like when you were growing up and you were battling each other via song yeah. and guns were just invented mm-hmm. um, and you were a shark or a jet. It's not happening. I said, uh, yes, it will be scary. New York City right now, the crime rate is ridiculous. But when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. I don't give a shit. Um, but I was telling Ashley, I was like, I would love to take him back to Cuba mm-hmm. to see where my grandmother was raised and there's family there. But then he was telling me, apparently when you go there, you have a taxi. When you get in the taxi driver and when you arrive you are paying a government official as well your entire stay and you are not to go anywhere that is not approved by that a government guard and official. If I have to hire a government official with an armed government official, I'm not going because that just tells me that I'm in trouble. So when I was younger, we went to Israel and we were driving somewhere in a taxi. Mm-hmm. And we got to, like, the start of this road, and the cab driver stopped, and he got out, and he took the sign on the top of the cab off and put it back in the car. And we were kind of looking at each other, like, excuse me, what's going on? And he is like, where we're about to drive through, if I have this on the top, we're going to get stuff thrown at us. And, like, we could get hurt. Yeah. So we take the signs off the top of the cabs for our safety and for your safety and like we were like 
what the what? fuck are you taking us? Yeah. And like the problem is, is that where the tourist place that where we were going happened to go through this area. Yeah. So, you know, and like, I remember walking through Ben Yehuda street, which is a very large open shopping center. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, a cafe there called Cafe Rimon. They don't have windows anymore. It's all plastic. It has been blown up so oh many God. times that they just decided it's safer just to have plastic. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't been there in 19 years, so I don't really know what it is now, but the last time I was there, it was all plastic. Yeah. And I remember we had like a big family meal there with my cousins and everything. And I remember like being very paranoid. And then that was, I think, like our first or second night there. And then it just wears off. Yeah. Which I thought was so weird because when my mom's there and I'm here, I freak the fuck out the entire time she's gone. Yeah. Like if I can't reach her, I freak out. Yeah. And like on Shabbat, because my family's very religious. So I don't hear from my mom from the start of Shabbat in In Israel to Sunday because they don't know that we don't keep Shabbat. Yeah. So I don't speak to her from, you know, probably about noon our time on Friday to Sunday, nothing from my mother. So I sit there pretty much that entire time panicked, panicked because I'm like, what if something happened to my mom and I can't reach her? Like, yeah. what if something's going on and she can't reach me? Like just all these horrible things going through my head. So I hate it, but I know that trip's very important for her. Yeah. But when you're actually there, like we've called my aunt a few times when we've heard about a terrorist attack and she's been like, what's up? Yeah. I had no idea anything happened. And we're just like, don't you know? And she's like, no, I was cooking. No idea. But I remember like when I would, because we, I don't ride buses in yeah. Israel. I just don't. If I'm going to get around, it's either going to be in, I mean, we had a car service a few times we were there um, where we just called this guy. Hey, we're, you know, coming into Israel and he just drove us around everywhere. Yeah. Wonderful. It was like a limo service. Made us feel very fancy. But, um, my cousin um, when he lived in Israel, he was a Sahal. So he, you know, walked around in his Sahal uniform and his gun and everything. And like, I felt very safe walking around, but then I noticed how many soldiers there are that are just there. Mm-hmm. They're on every bus. There are metal detectors and Sahal at, um, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are there metal detectors going into McDonald's? Yeah. And I was like, it's just a different world over there. And it's just, it's very interesting because when you're there, you don't really know what's going on. It's not like, you know, cartel shit and everything like that. Like people go about their business just fine. Um, But, you know, when you're over here, you hear all these horrible things that are going on over Mm -hmm. there. And for me, my majority of my family is there. So it's not even just my aunt and, you know, seven of her children and all bazillion of their kids. I also have, you know, a bunch of other cousins that are there. Like, yeah. good portion of my family is over there. So, you know, when something happens, we actually have, like, a family phone tree. Yeah. To make sure everybody is okay. okay. So, and that family tree is getting much larger because now my aunt's grandkids are starting to get married. Mm, gosh. I just found out the other day that my little cousin is pregnant. 
as in my aunt's granddaughter is pregnant. When my mom told me that the other day, I was like, I honestly feel like I'm going to puke. Because <laughs> she's like maybe 20. Yeah. Also, I've never met her. Okay. So like in my brain, she's not actually born yet. Yeah. Because You've never met she her. wasn't born the last time I was in Israel. Yeah. So she's got to be like 19 years old. So to me... She's not alive. <laughs> so it's just very weird. Yeah. Also, she looks a lot like me. So it's also very strange. Like okay. her baby pictures and my baby pictures, you would not be able to tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. It's creepy. Genetics are weird. <laughs> but anyways, like, I don't know. Travel has always been a dream of mine. Yeah. Like forever. Like I want to travel the world. I just want to go everywhere. Not we were everything. talking about, like I told you, mm-hmm. when we renew our vows, doing like an Ireland trip. Mm-hmm. And I found a company that literally plans the entire trip for you. Mm-hmm. Your airfare is included. Like mm-hmm. everything is laid out for yeah. you. And then I was telling Ashley, I was like, it's really not that bad when you start factoring everything in. One of your meals is included every single day. It could be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It just depends on what is on the itinerary and where you are. And they will break that down for you. Like once you book, they will say, okay, breakfast today is complimentary. Here's where you're getting it from. Mm -hmm. Or dinner is complimentary. Here's where we're getting dinner from. Um, Which I thought was very neat because it leaves less for me to have to worry about. Yeah, it's great. Um, (laughs) But that's also a summer trip that I would have to take. Because if I went in February, we would freeze our fucking asses off. Yes, you would. So, um, we talked about that. Kyle's not as open to it. Yeah, you told me about that. Um, I want to find something like that for South Africa. Yeah. but They I, have it. No, I know they do. Yeah. I just need to find the right one for me. Because all I really care about is cage diving with great whites and Penguin Island. Other than that, up. I don't really give a shit. Other than that, I really don't care what South Africa has I can to send offer. you the company that I found because they had one for South Africa. I yeah. just didn't look at it, but they offer like a wide, they literally plan the entire trip for you. Because yeah. like, I mean, Laser wants to go to South Africa with me. Yeah. But that's different though because he has friends there. Yeah. So a, you know, $4,000 trip turns into maybe a $2,000 yeah. trip if I bring my cousin with me. Because yeah. then we have a place to stay, someone to drive us around, you know. So all I'm paying for is a flight, yeah, food, and excursions, basically. I so, just applied for a trip to win a trip to Tokyo and the Maldives. See, I have absolutely no interest in going to Asia. So I always said no, but I think it would be a cultural experience. Uh, like when Nick was there, some of the things that he would tell me, I was like, damn. And I mean, I love Japanese food. See, my thing it is. It would be a struggle for Kyle. It would, yeah. My thing is, is that like, there's like one thing in China I yeah. want to do. There's one thing in yeah. Japan I want to do. There's two things in India that I want to see. Yeah. It is not worth no. me spending the money. All that money. 
to go to any of those places to see those things. I mean, I primarily applied for it just for the Maldives part because who doesn't want to go to Maldives? Yeah. Um, but that was, was just like an added bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we, we had been talking to you a lot about going to Steamboat, Colorado. Okay. I'm staying in Steamboat, Colorado. We're Breckenridge. Mm-hmm. But I worry with that because Altitude and me are not friends. Yeah. I get sick. Mm-hmm. And we also have to be very careful because of Kyle with his lungs. Yeah, I don't know if Colorado is a good place for you guys. No. So I told him, I was like, as much as I would love to, we would have to be, like, you would have to get medical clearance for us to go. Yeah. And I would have to go with, like, Dramamine in an IV drip. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's worth it. No. No, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I keep thinking, like, I want to take a trip. Because to be fair, like, I haven't really taken a really good trip in a while. I want to go to Boston in October. I know you do. I want to do a Hocus Pocus. I know you do. My thing is, is that, like, I I need to save money. Yeah. I need to do better with that. But I also just, I really want to travel somewhere. I really want to fly. Yeah. I miss flying. So, I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I also, there have been certain dates that I'm just kind of like, I don't want to be here here for those dates. Yeah. Like January 6th, I don't want to be here. Yeah. At all. I don't want to be anywhere near here. Yeah. On January 6th. I would like to be somewhere else. Kim and I talked about maybe going on a cruise, just her, me, and Olivia. I thought that would be really fun. And they have a cruise because January 6th is a Saturday. Yeah. They have a cruise that weekend. Yeah. And that would be amazing. But, you know, I don't know. So, I don't know. It's weird because I really hope by January 6th I don't get a shit. But, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. We digressed way too far on this episode. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I don't know. That's another reality that you don't realize as a child Growing up, I always wanted to go to Disneyland in Paris. Oh, it is still 100% my dream to go to every single Disney World. So, except that I have no interest in going to Asia. Yeah. I heard Where, it's amazing, though. I know. I have, too. But there's a few of them there. Yeah. So I um, probably won't happen for me. It won't happen for me, either. I'm not going to Asia. But I... Like, I was determined that I was not only Ariel, but I was going to be Ariel who lived in Cinderella's castle. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I would go into Disney World. So my grandmother tells this story, and she tells it often. And it's crazy because Madison was still little when we took her to Disney for the first time. Um, But her response was very similar. So the very first time I went to Disney ever, we were on the monorail and I was up against the window. I was tiny. I was like two mm-hmm. or maybe turning three. I don't know. And my grandmother said, I looked at her. I looked at my grandfather. I looked at the window and I went, maybe Papa, look. It's Cinderella's castle. Mm -hmm. And Madison's response, we were on the monorail. And she was up against the window. I have the picture somewhere. And her response is, oh, castle. 
So the apple did not fall very far from the tree. Um, I would joke and tell her every time we went to Disney, too, look, Madison, there's our new house. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was determined that I was Ariel, and I didn't want to live in the castle that her and Eric had because I didn't like that castle. I love that castle. I was going to live in Cinderella's castle. You can take Cinderella's castle. I'll take Ariel's. I like that one. (laughs) I would love to go to California and see Sleeping Beauty's castle. Because that's what it is in California. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy how that reality switch changes. Growing up, I never wanted to live where I live. Like, closer to here, there is a street that I always envisioned living on and having a house there. Well, more so when I met Kyle. I always envisioned staying where I grew up mm-hmm. and buying a house, like, around where I went to school mm-hmm. and settling there. And then that changed. And then I met Kyle and it changed to more local to like here. And then he brought me up to where we live and I was like, oh no, this is where I want to be. Yeah, I still always have the vivid dreams of like living on acres with sitting on the front porch and it's like a huge wraparound porch like in the notebook yeah and sipping my coffee and watching my grandkids play in the yard maybe I will have that one day maybe I won't I don't know I think that's the part of growing up though is that and I think some people have an issue with that yeah it's that they think and I think I may have been one of those people yeah had I not actually gotten to where I am because I planned my life yeah. When I was nine. And a lot of it didn't come true. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, I was going to get my degree from Cornell University. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be a tenured professor. Okay. And, you know, I was going to be this world-renowned professor. And I God knows what, because at the time I didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> but I knew I wanted Cornell. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, did I want Cornell. I had a Cornell hoodie I had a Cornell banner. I wanted Cornell. Um, obviously, I did not go to Cornell. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but I did become a professor. It changed. And that was hard for me for a while to understand that, like, it's okay for your dreams to morph yeah. and change. They change with you. It, I feel like there are some people that think that because – what they dreamed they were when they were little isn't what they become that they feel like there's some kind of failure. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that we go through so many dreams when we're younger. That's part of growing up. You're, you know, what you want changes because your interests change. You continue to have dreams as an adult. You know, Landon's turning 10. Oh my gosh. Um, in a few days, like two days. Um, Landon's turning 10. Two days from when we are recording this, not when it comes out. Um, (laughs) But, you know, when he was little, he went through, he wanted to be a wrestler. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be in a motorcycle game. He wanted to be, you know, an engineer, an astronaut. Like, you know, he's wanted to be hundreds of things. Spider-Man, you know, because he dreams. David wanted to be a firefighter and drive a fire fuck. Because he couldn't say his teeth when he was little. That's funny. <laughs> but that's the thing is that it's a, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just 
because you dreamt something when you were five doesn't mean that that's what you have to be when you're 30. Like, yeah. The whole point of being a child is to dream. And I feel like sometimes we take that away from children. Yeah. Because we're just like, you know, we try and take away their imaginations and we try and take all this shit away from them when really that builds their character, that builds who they are as adults. Yeah. Because, you know, if you take Legos away from some of these kids. Yeah. How are they going to become engineers? Architects. Madison plays this game on the iPad. I'm sure people will know. I mean, there's Roblox, obviously. Uh, It's called Toka Boca Life. So it's basically like her building her own little town and Mm -hmm. like people. And I don't love it at 1130 at night when I'm begging her to go to sleep. And she's, I got to build one more room in my house. Um, but I love sometimes if I'm like doing work or whatever and she's in her room and I'll hear her be like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And I immediately respond and she's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm playing my game, but she will have dialogue Mm -hmm. as she's playing the game. And I love hearing it because I love to hear how like her mind is working and seeing her imagination come to play. And she will have a full dialogue with these characters that they don't, they don't talk. It just plays music. Um, but she gives them their own, like, you're a dancer and you take ballet. You're her dance teacher and you know how to do a back handspring. But then you're her teacher's friend and you know how to, like, full scenarios. I love that. Um, <coughs> and I think it's adorable. And I let her, like, run with it. Now... Is it aggravating when she's having full conversations and I hear mommy, mommy 35 times? Yes, because every time I'm going to think she's talking to me. Um, So I'm like, Madison, can you not scream mommy? Because mommy thinks something's wrong. Yeah. I want you to still play. But when you're screaming like you're panicking and screaming mommy, I run every time because I'm like, oh, my God, what's the matter? Yeah. Um, But I love hearing her. Even sometimes when she colors, like she'll color pictures and she's like, what did she call her the other day? Like a rainbow, rainbow panda. And she gave me a full scenario of where this panda lived and that. what they ate. And this was their name. And I was like, girl, like you really sat and thought about this. So when Adina was 10, 9 or 10, mm-hmm. Leaf and I drove up to Saratoga Springs to visit Adina or family or whatever. And she asked me if I wanted to read her book. And I was like, sure. I thought it was going to be like, you know, a few pages. <laughs> no. No, no. Not only was it a completely full, well-written book, but like every character had an age. Every horse had a description <laughs> and name and she matched the personality of the horses to the characters. Oh, my goodness. And every character had a background and, like, character building and dialogue. And I'm like, dude, you're nine. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> but then it was really funny because she was giving the ages and she says that the mom is 30. Oh. And then she said that the daughter was, like, 16 or something. And she goes, well, that's not right. She couldn't be 16 and the mother be 30. And I'm like, well, no, you're right. That isn't possible. You are correct. 
keep believing that. And it was, it was funny, but I'm just like her imagination. It was insane. It was incredible. Yeah. And it makes me so sad that we're trying to take that away. Mm -hmm. But like, again, how do you expect creative fields to continue if you take away creativity from children? Yeah. I also don't like parents that shoot down childhood dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that kills your inner child. Absolutely. And also, why not? Yeah. Why not? Now, if means- my kid tells me I'm going to have six legs and I'm going to live on the planet of... Okay. I, I don't think you're going to have six legs. Maybe by then, if you like they morph into space. Real, but like... But... That hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. but maybe when you move to space that you just grow them. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there is also the but why phase with kids. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. That's still a fun one because I still get that every once in a while. So do I. It's just from the guys I date, not the <laughs> children. <laughs> but I feel like when you shoot things down, um, you know, We've talked about this in previous episodes with, you know, the stigma of children and parents focusing on physical appearance Mm -hmm. and weight. And, you know, I feel like that was a big thing for me growing up is that I was told that I'm not going to be able to be in movies. And, you know, I'm living a dream because of the way that I look that was never going to happen for me. And I feel like that's not something you should say. My kid could literally be two feet tall. And I'm going to be like, you're going to be the most beautiful ballerina ever. Whether her legs are an inch long or whatever it may be. Why couldn't she be? Um, I don't feel like you should be shooting that down. If your kid wants to do something, believe in them. Yeah. How are they going to believe in themselves? If you you know, I joke with David all the time and I tell him that he should be a defense attorney because he has an argument for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's endearing. Sometimes I'm wondering his neck. So he's exactly like a defense attorney. But I'm like, you definitely need to be like a high paid defense attorney because I want a cute nurse wiping my ass when I'm older. Yeah. Um, but we've had this, the discussion and I told him, I was like, you know, beneficially for you, you could honestly work for NASA and build the rockets that transport people to live in space because you're that fucking smart and he's amazing with numbers mm-hmm. and we've had the conversation about college he's not thinking about that but I'm thinking about that because it's going to be here sooner than we think of course he's 13 he doesn't need to be thinking about that but you yes. are a parent so you do no he's his last year of middle school you know I told him Crazy. next year this time next year like you're going to be preparing to learn about the SATs and take the tests that you need to take for mm-hmm. college. And you're prepping to take the classes that you need to get where you need to be. Absolutely. Um, and he's like, well, I kind of want to do music, but I don't know if I want to teach music or if I just want to do music and I'd like to get a scholarship for music, but I don't know if that's going to be what I study. And I'm like, listen, you can have more than one major. hundred percent. You can also change your major. That's the beauty of going to college. It just makes it a little more difficult if you have a scholarship for that. It does. But I told him, I think there's things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, 
to still, I said, you could decide that maybe you don't, you have an undeclared major. You can still just get regular scholarships to go to college and not have a focus of study. I said, so maybe it's your, the first two years where you get your AA, you're getting the basic classes out of the way and you're really figuring out what you want to do. Maybe you realize I want to play music still, but it's not something I want to make a career out of. You could do that too. Yeah. So my logic is, is I want to take a year off because I'm done with school after I've done it for 12 years. Touche. I get it. But my response to him was, by the time you are done with high school, you're going to have to have at least an AA to get a job. Probably. So my logic was, just do the first two years, get your, and it won't even be two years for him because he's already taking high school classes. Mm -hmm. By the time he gets in high school, he'll be taking college classes. He'll probably do dual enrollment. Yes. So I told him, I was like, Just get the basic classes out of the way. Mm -hmm. If you decide from there, I don't want to do this, you at least have an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. You could do something with that. He also might find that he enjoys college. And that's what I told him. Because it's a different type of education. Different, completely different. I said, you literally pick your schedule. Mm -hmm. You pick when you go to classes. You also get a list and get to pick what classes you take and when you take them. Yeah, they just tell you what type of classes for your AA. Yeah. You, get, you know, they tell you you need a literature course. You get to choose which one. Yeah. You know. It doesn't have to be just English. Yeah, no. You study anything. Yeah. And I told them, I said, by the time you graduate high school, half of half of that will be knocked out. Yeah. So, you know, I tell them, I was like, just do me a favor and at least experience that beginning of college. Mm-hmm. Because it might change your mind. And if you decide after that, hey, you know, no, this isn't really for me. Cool. But at least you have something to walk Yeah, and there's nothing saying you can't go back. No. My mom didn't finish college when she went, you know, when she was 18. Yeah. She didn't finish college at all. She went back when I was in college. Yeah. When I was in grad school, she went back. And then she finished her bachelor's, then went into her master's, and then went into her doctorate. Yeah. And she finished all of it in, like, five years. And she aced the fuck out of all of it because she's a freak of nature and a mutant and can't get anything below an A. But, um... It also depends, though. I told him, you know, I said, times change. Things mm-hmm. change. Absolutely. But I want you to have that baseline. Yeah. And I did tell him, going back later, it's a lot harder. Oh, absolutely. I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. And I will write the fuck out of a paper. I can sit down and write a twenty-page paper in two hours, no problem. It's done. Hard, but not everybody is like that. No, and that's what I told them. I said, but there's still days that I struggle to do that, and words are my thing. Yeah. Even teaching. So I hated, hated with a passion, teaching ELA. I hated it because it was so tedious, and when you teach young ones, it was even worse. Yeah. I think when I taught fourth grade, that was the one thing I really looked forward to, especially writing, because they were writing. Um, I loved teaching writing in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten was very hard because they were learning how to build and structure a basic sentence. Yeah. So it was very, you know, I wanted to do paragraphs. Um, so I told them, I said, you know, the longer you prolong it, the harder it may be. That's what 
college is for. That's why you go straight out of high school because mm-hmm. you're kind of still in that mode. Yeah. I said, but you don't have to go full time. No. You don't can take one class a week, one class a day mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting to see, you know, how things morph with kids. Yeah. And you see how they change. And I I hate, I hate seeing somebody shooting down a kid's dreams. It's okay to be realistic, but I feel like when they're that young and they're so full of innocence and imagination, like, just let them fucking run with it. Like, there's ways to shoot it down, too. Yeah. You know, like, some dreams are, you know, ridiculous. My dream that I wanted to get paid to put bags in bags. I mean, I wanted to be Ariel. Is ridiculous. You know what Greg wanted to be? At Disney. Oh, goodness. Greg wanted to be a hockey puck. He had sound logic. (laughs) Sad. His logic was the hockey puck is the only player in the game that's always in the game. He's not wrong. He's not. He's also the only player in the game that really gets the shit kicked out of him and nobody intervenes. Exactly. Which is the logic (laughs) to get him to not want to be a hockey puck. But that was Greg's logic. He wanted to be a hockey puck. Because no one could take him out of the game. Okay. But obviously he grew out of that. Yeah. But Greg has also gone through a lot of different careers. And yeah. has not really fully been able to figure out what he wanted until now. Yeah. And honestly, what he figured out now is that every career he's had has basically led to what he does now. Yeah. Because what he does now is sales. Is, you know, it's medical. His, it's his is, speech. You know, it's every little thing that he's good at. Yeah. Rolled into one. one. And that's great for him. The thing about my brother also is the reason he can't figure out what he wants is my brother's great at everything. Yeah. And it's sickening, but it's true. Yeah. You know, my brother can pick up any instrument and play it. My brother can, you know, talk to anyone and sell anything. You know, my brother is amazing at everything. And when you're amazing at everything, it's really hard to find something you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I get it. I am not that way. I cannot do that. I am really good at one thing. Yeah. <laughs> I am mediocre at a few other things, but I am really good at one thing. Yeah. And if I didn't have that, I, I have no idea what I would do with my life. Yeah. And, you know, that's how Greg and I are different, but that's how I was able to plan my life at nine, and he was not. He wanted was, to be a hockey book. You know, he had many dreams and many ideas because he could do anything. Yeah. Whereas I have one dream pretty much because it's all I'm really good at. Yeah. Writing English, all of that. That's all I'm good at. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm perfectly okay with that because frankly, the English language is kind of what runs the world. Yeah. So, and I'm good at it. So that's great. Um, and writing makes me happy and teaching makes me happy. So I'm fine with, you know, how my life turned out and, The fact that I've been planning it since I was nine. (laughs) Totally great with that. But I do also understand how difficult it is for my brother. Yeah. Because, you know, small violin that he's, you know, so wonderful at everything. But also the fact that it does make it challenging. To to find one thing you want to stick with. Exactly. And now he found, you know, something that, a place that he loves that also gives him the opportunity to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Except sing. He hasn't fully figured out how to actually add that in yet but i'm sure he will um give it time yeah i'm sure he'll be like singing and doing ballet through the hallways in no time (laughs) 
But no, I think, I think it's important to have these silly dreams when you're little and you know, it's okay that they don't become reality. It's fine. You know, that that's not what they're there for. I don't think dreams when we're younger are necessarily there because they're supposed to come true. Yeah. I think they help build our characters Mm -hmm. so that we become the people that end up making the realities that we have when we're adults. I mean, I still love the ocean. I'm also very terrified by the ocean. And I obviously still love purses. (laughs) So it's somewhat morphed into a reality. Yeah. I still will sit on the beach until I am, my skin is falling off and I am waterlogged and I am perfectly content. Any kind of water. Yeah. Um, I don't tell people that look at my tail anymore. That's probably smart. They think you're insane. (laughs) Um. But I mean, it it kind of morphed. And now that I have a kid, that was her. She's still her favorite Mm -hmm. Ariel. So that's still, and she's a water baby. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, if my kid could live in the water, she would. And I think that also makes it special because it gives you a way to kind of go back to your childhood. Yeah. And that's amazing and that's special. And I feel like there are certain people that don't do that because somewhere along the lines, they lost their dreams from when they were children. Yeah. So that when their children start dreaming, they nip it in the bud rather than being like, exactly. Rather than being like, you know what? My child's dreaming of being a wrestler. Cool. You know, let's watch Goldberg or, you know, WWE and all of this shit and watch wrestling or, you know, let's, you know, play and I feel like that's something that's been taken out of of everything is now it's just play it also goes both ways with parents pushing too hard for that dream yes because realistically you grew up and your mindset changed Mm -hmm. your dreams changed your Mm -hmm. hopes your aspirations they changed yes don't be so focused on one thing Mm -hmm. that you're not allowing your child to grow and build and manifest and create a future that is going to be suited for them in the long run. And I think that's always been something I've been very grateful for with my parents. Yeah. Because, you know, I have the dream about the nonprofit I want to open. Yeah. My parents have backed me 100%. Yeah. You know, they're always, you know, on top of anything that I want to accomplish, anything I want to do, my parents are there. I want to publish another book. Great. My mom will edit it for me. I want... To start a nonprofit, great. My both my parents will be on the board and help in any way they can. Yeah. Greg wanted to move to New York to go to AMDA. My parents helped and were there for him, a hundred percent supported him, a hundred percent. Yeah. Our family has gone to every single one of my brother's shows. Greg wanted to go to EMS and get his EMS degree. My parents helped him study. My dad let him take his blood. Like you know, we <laughs> yeah. supported him in any way we can. My parents have never once been like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. My parents have been like, you have a dream? Cool. Pursue it. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. If you want it, you can do it. And that's what got me to study in England twice. Yeah. That's what got me to go over to Venice and study in Venice is because my parents were like, you want to do it? Do it. Yeah. Only thing that's stopping you is you. And like I used when it's with Venice, I got a partial scholarship to go. Yeah. So all I had to pay was $500. And I was like, well, it's $500 I don't have. And both my mom and John were like, yeah, no, that's not an excuse. Yeah. You want the money? We have the money. Both of them. They both were just like, here's $500. Yeah. And I was like, well, and they're like, no, no. There's no well. 
this is something for you. You want to do it. It's great for your, you know, your dissertation and everything. Go. Yeah. The only thing stopping you is you. And that has always been, that has been a constant in my life is the only thing stopping me is me because a hundred percent of the time, even when they frustrated me, even when I've been sick, it did not matter. My family has stood behind me and shoved me in any direction I wanted to go. Yeah. And that's a big part of it is showing support. So we've had this conversation about college and everybody's like, oh, you're raising your kids wrong because we're Florida State fans. Mm -hmm. Um, And we took a trip there last year. The memories actually just popped up. And yes, I love the college. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's where I was supposed to go, but I wasn't fucking ready to leave home yet. Mm -hmm. Um, It has now morphed into Madison, but not because it's just who I like. She will religiously watch their dance team videos with me, and she's enamored. Good. And, you know, everybody, I had to have this conversation, I think, in the memories that popped up on my Facebook. One of the pictures was, like, manifesting a future Noel, and somebody's like, shitty way to raise your kid. And I had said, my mother-in-law had chimed in, and she's like, I know two people that went to UM and her grandmothers live only two blocks away and she would make a great hurricane. I said, wherever she chooses to go is great. However, if she chooses to pursue the arts or something to do with dance, this would be where I would want her to be because the opportunities are endless. It's also one of the top rated schools who would not want their child to have that opportunity. Also, I'm still stuck on the fact of who the fuck tells a parent yeah wow shitty raising your child wanting them to go to a good school and i said you're right and you you know who actually chimed in was miss j Mm -hmm. and she's like just for your information um is a private college it's one of the most expensive colleges to go to and their dance program is lackluster so if she wants to pursue dance or music Florida State is one of the top-ranked schools. I think it's, like, top three in the United States for their music dance programs. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, my heart was happy when she's like, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to FSU. I'm going to be a cool girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I'm doing the happy dance on the inside. Um, But I also told her, I was like, you can go wherever you want. You want to go to New York and study dance? You, I don't care if you went to Florida Gulf Coast, BCC, Palm Beach, you know, wherever, you know, it's your choice, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to do. That was another harsh reality that we were just talking about. I was talking to Danielle about today is uh, parents that push their dreams on their kids. I don't like that. So there is a specific parent who we feel in dance is living through her kids Mm -hmm. and she's making decisions based on things she didn't get to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think that's okay. They're kids. And you can see it on those kids that they don't want to be there. You know what happens when you do that, especially in dance? They they resent it and they don't want to do it. They also develop eating disorders. Yeah. You know what that makes me think of? Remember the movie Center Stage? Yep. Maureen. Mm -hmm. Her mother was living vicariously through Through her. her. And she developed a horrific eating disorder until she stood up for herself. Yeah. And I am not like that with Madison. Will I push her? And when she gets aggravated and tells me, I hate this, I don't want to do it. 
I'm like, stop, stop acting like that. You don't hate this because I know how much you love it. You're frustrated because you're not landing a trick. You are frustrated because it's not going the way you you want. And you're a perfectionist. You are my child. I understand. Don't let it frustrate you. Let's go take a break and we'll come back to it. When she auditions for a solo or uh, the performance team, I am also very realistic. And I tell her, if you make it, it's not, oh, you're going to be. And no, I will tell her to her face. You have to, I'm not dancing. You have to put in that work. And I don't, everybody's like, oh, that's kind of harsh. No, I'm, I'm being realistic with my kid and there's hard lessons she's going to have to learn. She doesn't do it. She doesn't put in the work. She's not going to get it. Yeah. Well, unfortunately we're living in a society where we just give trophies for anything. Yeah. I remember during one of Mike's um, tournaments. Mm-hmm. Everybody got a medal. It wasn't that this little boy lost, but he wanted the bigger trophy. So they just gave it to him. Oh, okay. I'm like, wow, you're teaching him great lessons. Yeah. That if you just want it, just take it. One of the hard lessons that she's having to learn now is that not everybody is her friend. No, they're not. And not everybody is always going to include you. So I'm very honest and open with her. And I get frustrated because my kid's upset. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the only reason that I get mad. But I also am very quick to tell her, you're not always going to be included. Sometimes even the people that you think are close to you are not going to include you or not invite you to things. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be involved in every single thing that they do. Mm -hmm. But you also have to understand that it's okay to stand up for yourself and be upset. It's okay for it to hurt your feelings. Don't be an asshole. Like the day she messaged me and said her favorite friend was being mean to her? Yes. Don't be an asshole about it because then you really won't get invited and you're not going to have a friend. Yep. So I tell her that all of the time. And I tell her my favorite saying to her is you're being ugly. And she gets so upset because she thinks I'm calling her ugly. And I have to explain like the very Southern term of no, you're acting unkind and not being nice. That means you're being ugly. I'm raising a girl who's pretty and nice and kind and does pretty things like being sweet and genuine with her friends. Yeah. And when you're being ugly, you're being the opposite of that. Yeah. You're not physically ugly. I tell her you are the most beautiful girl in the world. And mommy will say that every day until she takes her last breath. You're the most beautiful girl in the world to me. I tell Kim that every day. So that's just how I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not going to chop her down to size. I'm not going to give her unrealistic expectations. Will I support her a hundred percent? If she told me tomorrow that she was going to go sell herself on the street, I probably wouldn't be as supportive. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> but you know, her veterinarian by day, studio owner by night, mom with a minivan, great great aspirations for your they are, life and it's not impossible I'm sure, no i'm sure there's someone out there that does the exact same thing if that's what you want to do great i mommy hopes she's here for all of it yep but i don't like people who live vicariously and then get mad because in that sense it, 
Maureen from Center Stage, prime example. Mm-hmm. When she stood up for herself, her mom did not want to accept it. No, and she does eventually. Like, she does, they do have that scene where, like, her mother cries and blah, blah, and she goes to real school and it's wonderful and yeah. heartwarming and blah, blah, blah. After the fact. But after the fact, her daughter had to get sick first yeah. for her to listen to her. And her response was, you're not sick, you just watch your weight. No, that's not the fucking right response. That's what my therapist told me when I first approached her that I could have an eating disorder. She told me I didn't have an eating disorder, I just had disordered eating. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, six years later, I told I was dying from an eating disorder. I'm like, cool. Thanks, I therapist. Really they're not practicing anymore. She's not. Okay, good. She's doing, I don't know, like some podcast shit or something. She's Great. She's useless. Okay. Whatever. But, um, no, I think that just, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I feel like. We need, we need our children to dream mm-hmm. because our world is created by, Dreams. but also by artistic, creative people. Yes. Look at our buildings. Yeah. Like I work for an architecture firm, so I know that I work with a lot of very creative people, people. but if all of them had their Legos and their drawing pads taken away when they were little and told them that, you know, you can't draw a line or, you know, stop drawing on your walls or whatever it was for them. Like yeah. they wouldn't be architects. They wouldn't be designing the gorgeous buildings that they, they designed. Their parents let them dream. Yeah. You know, so well, same thing with our future presidents, our doctors, like they had that dream and that's what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And they honed in on what they needed to do to make that dream possible. Absolutely. And I, think- I say that all the time with kindergarten, teaching kindergarten. I said, we are literally taking their imagination, putting it into a classroom, and we are teaching them the stepping stones they need and how the rest of their educational career will go, will go to get them to that dream. Mm-hmm. And if you start taking that away, we have this discussion about imaginative play. I 100% think that K through two should not be as focused on curriculum. I think, especially in kindergarten, there should be a block cut out for imaginative, imaginative, imaginative and creative play. I agree. Because that is what is going to not only get the kids through the school day and give them a break from the mental stimulation of taking in all of these academics, But it also is going to continue to flourish that imagination Mm -hmm. and those dreams to keep them going and pushing through and making them realize that school is going to get them where they want to go Mm -hmm. and how they can treat it. Yeah. And I feel like there's like, that there need, throughout all education, there needs to be more fun. Yes. Like I was looking at my syllabus this morning, actually. Trying and like what I do is I try and add fun into the curriculum. Mm -hmm. So like the last day of course of class of the term, we play a game. Yeah, and I have buzzers, and I put everybody into teams, and it's called in it to win it. And the team that wins gets extra credit. Yeah, everybody on the team. However, everybody on the team has to participate. Yeah. So meaning, if you know. Person A, B, and C, A goes first, and then the next question, B comes up to the buzzer. Yeah. So everybody has to answer questions and talk out loud. 
Yeah. Um, I also have Around the World for mm-hmm. MLA format. So, like, I have games. You know, when we do Titus Andronicus, I bring in pies um, because I think it's funny because for those of you that don't know, in Titus Andronicus, the ending ends with Titus cooking uh, the um, the gothic queen's children into pies. <laughs> and I think it's funny to bring in pies that look like brains and blood um, because I'm gross. Like, I love interacting with them. You know, like, for um, when I was doing literature for one of the Shakespeare courses, I had them all get an excerpt and a description from a play and then create social media pages for those plays. So, like, one team had Cymbeline and they had to create an Instagram post. Yeah. And another team had um, Macbeth and they had to create a Tumblr and, like, you know, text messages for Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. They just had to pick scenes from those plays and describe them through social media. Yeah. So it's relating to them. Yeah. But you need to make it fun. One of my favorite things I take away from high school, and she might be listening, my English teacher that I had for my junior and senior year, um, to teach us our vocabulary. Every Friday we had a vocabulary test. Mm-hmm. And we play box ball. Okay. So her rule was that every you were in two teams, everyone had to participate that was on your team. Mm-hmm. And if they did not, you did not get the points. And what she did was if your team won, you automatically got 100% on the test because basically she was giving us the test. Yeah. She We had to say the vocabulary word, spell the vocabulary word. Mm-hmm. And then once we did that, we had to give the definition and then somebody would go and shoot the ball. If we got the ball, it was just an extra point to add to our team. Okay. Um, I dominated that game because I knew my shit Naturally. always. Um, but I love that she did that because it kind of took the stress off and everybody's like, well, that's not fair. I put in on all this work this week and they won the game. She just fucking gave you the test. Literally just gave you the test. Mm-hmm. Everything that you would have to do on paper, she was doing verbally, but we didn't realize it because it was put into a game. Exactly. And I love that. Yes. When I was in, I want to say seventh grade, I had a science teacher and I tag her and stuff all, all the, time. the time when I, it says like, who helped mold you into the person you are yeah. today? I tag her all the time. Because seriously, she is the reason I am the teacher I am today. Yeah. Because she was incredible. But she did around the world with elements. Mm-hmm. And I rocked that shit. Yeah. Like, I dominated around the world in chemistry and yeah. in elements. Um, to the point where I was taking senior level chemistry my sophomore year of high school down here. Yeah. Um, and I aced it. I did amazing. And it's because of her. Yeah. And, you know... She's, she was just an incredible teacher and so patient and so wonderful. I used to go to her, you know, when I would have quizzes or things that I didn't understand, I'd go to her and sit with her and she'd explain every single thing to me. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter how long it took. She was there because she was devoted to her students. That was what was important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at a Jewish day school, there's a lot of politics and it's, that didn't matter. Yeah. What mattered was that the students got the education she felt they deserved. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I'm the same way. But I tell my students, I'm like, if you want 
office hours. If you if you need extra office hours, if my office hours don't work for you, yeah, tell me. I will find a way to make them work. Yeah, but I am not going to reach out to you. No, for me to try and get you to come to office hours. This yeah. is your education, not mine. I got my education. I tell parents out of kindergarten. Yeah, I, I did the work already. Yeah, that's why I'm your teacher. If I you, tell parents out of kindergarten that would email me at three o'clock in the morning with questions. Yeah, and I would have to turn around and say, "I'm sorry." My office hours are this time. Here is when I will can be reached. And I have legally 48 hours to respond to you. And it wasn't me being a jerk, but it was kind of that reality of I'm a human too. Yeah. I am here for you and your child 100%. But you also have to kind of respect that boundary and understand. That's why I will not teach anything under college. Yeah. Because I refuse to deal with parents. Yeah. And I had a parent once that was like, wanted to come in and sit with her daughter in my class. I'm like, is your daughter dual enrollment? She goes, no. I'm like, is your daughter under 18? She said, no. I said, then no. no. I'm like, your daughter is an adult. She is in college now. You are not sitting in my class. You yeah. want to sit in my class and roll in my class. Yeah. You pay. And she's <laughs> like, but I'm like, no, no. She's in college. Uh-huh. You can sit outside if you would like. Yeah. But you will not be sitting in my class. And she sat outside. Three hours, sat outside my classroom. I saw her hovering by the door. Okay. You know what? Her daughter failed. Okay. Miserably. Maybe that's why she wanted to come to class. That child should not have gone into high school. Because she Let alone wanted, out of high school. She wanted to do the work. It was actually upsetting how horrible this child did. Yeah. And I say child because she should not have been in college. Yeah. They shoved her through high school because she said she wanted to graduate with her friends. Oh, God. But frankly, they should have put her back in middle school. Yeah. It was, it was awful. And I t- kept telling her, I'm like, come to office hours. If the hour I have doesn't work for you, email me. Tell me. And I will find a way to make office hours work for you. Yeah. But come and talk to me. Let me explain to you what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Not once. I'm like, fine. So your education is not important to you. Yeah. That's what that tells me. Yeah. So that's fine. Then I'm going to fail you. She expected probably mommy and daddy to bail her out. Well, that's fine. I've had students that have gone to my dean and said that I was racist for failing them. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. You want all of their papers? I will give you all of their papers and you can see why I failed them. Yeah. And my deans have always backed me up. Yeah. I do not care what color you are. I do not care what, you know who you like to have sex with. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care what color your eyes are. I don't care what what color your hair is. I don't care how old you are. I really don't give a shit who you are. I could not even be able to see you. Yeah. I don't care. If you don't do the work, if you don't do it well, if your grammar is wrong, your sentence structure is wrong, your punctuation is wrong, and you didn't do the paper, it's not long enough, and you have no citations, you're going to fail. Yeah. Sorry. I'm teaching you in class for a reason. Yeah. I give you the MLA template. If you can't fill out a template, that's your problem. Yeah. Not mine. I'm literally handing you MLA format. All you have to do is fill in the blanks. Yeah. If you can't do that, that's on you. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I feel like parents need to find a happy medium when they're raising their children between babying them and doing everything for them. Yeah. And just, you know, standing by, you know. But you could be a kid. Let your kid be a kid. And, you know, if they fall, 
let them know they can get back up. Yeah. Don't, you know, coddle them and, you know, never let them stand on their own again. Yeah. Let them know they got this. And I'm the first one to say, like, when my nieces and nephews fall, my heart stops. Oh, 100%. And I'm like, oh, my God, they just broke every bone in their body. And, you know, I need to rush them to the hospital. The one that I'm the worst with is Patrick. Oh, yeah. He is a daredevil and he terrifies me. (laughs) Like, I love him to bits and I hate that I only see him like once or twice a year. But dear God, am I glad I only see him once or twice a year sometimes. Because I feel like I would age like a hundred years if I lived up there. Yeah. And I saw him all the time and like, yeah. I commend boy moms. I I don't know if I could do it how that progresses because usually boys that are little daredevils the tricks just get bigger yeah i i I, katie is so brave (laughs) i wouldn't be able to do it like i mm, 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 mm. i'm terrified little boys scare the shit out of me that's so funny landon didn't Landon. But he was very cautious, I feel like, from a young age. He was. He also, whenever I was around Landon, it was usually like, Dota, let's go for a walk. Yeah. Dota, let's watch a movie. You know? And like, or he would sit there and tell me about how we were going to be like a tag team wrestling. Yeah. You know, wrestling team or whatever. And he'd tell me what my wrestling name was going to be or, you know. Madison's going to be, Dota, let me teach you how to do an aerial. Um, and and unless, not the mermaid. I was so about to know. say, unless she's talking about being a mermaid, uh-uh. I'll watch. No hands. No, no. Look, Dota, no hands. See, that will terrify me. <laughs> You're going to see it this year. I know, and I'm I'm literally going <laughs> I cringe. stop breathing. She's not even doing it, and I cringe every time, like, just thinking about her throwing it. I'm like, When the girl oh. at the last recital did the no-handed card, yeah. I don't know that child, yeah. and I literally stopped breathing. I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to watch. I do it every time. Like, it's when she had her eval, they had to do like headstands and tuck and hold it. And the entire time, all I'm thinking is somebody's gonna break their neck. Her teacher will crack up hysterically, and she will watch me just for my facial expressions. And I'm like terrified. Like, there's part of me that really wants to be a parent, and then there's also a part of me that just. I don't think I'm strong enough. <laughs> you don't know how strong you are until you get them all. Yeah. Like, abuse, been there, done that. Heartbreak, been there, done that. Eating disorder and almost die, been there, done that. Self-harming, been there, done that. Alcoholism, been yeah. there, done that. Car accidents, been there, done that. Child falling out of a tree and scraping their knee, nah, good. Yeah. It's, don't want that to happen. It's... It brings out a strength in you that you don't. I don't even know you have because it's literally like you said it before. It's a part of like your soul and mm-hmm. heart walking outside of your body. Feet. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I'm good with that. <laughs> Anyways, as we digress, um, yeah, I think this is a good one to talk about, and I think we'll f- dive further into like expanding on family expectations. So that goes into, you know, trying to mold your child's dreams and what you've expected from your child or your family has put on you. 
Um, I think going into, you know, family, anytime we talk about family dynamic, whether it be trauma, whether it be the, one of the episodes we still want to do is the family you created versus the family you came from. Yeah. Um, also it's not even just molding dreams, molding, you know, who you are in general, like religious beliefs, Yeah. you know, family traditions that you forcefully put on people. Maybe Mm -hmm. they don't want to follow it. Yep. So I think that's a good there's a lot of good topics that we have, but I am curious to see, because I don't think we heard from anybody when we put this out. I don't think so. Um, what was one of your childhood dreams? So it's like a multi-layered question. What was your childhood dream? Did you alter it or did it come true? And if it did alter and did not come true, what made you change? Was it growing up? Was it just because maybe you thought Cinderella was better than Ariel and living in a castle where birds help you clean was better? Um, Was it because... uh, Your parents told you you couldn't do it? Your parents told you you couldn't do it. Or maybe you wanted to be a wrestler and somebody was cooler. Maybe you realized that a hockey puck is the only player in the game, but also the one that gets the crap kicked out of them the entire game. Mm -hmm. And that scared the hell out of you what made your mind alter and change or have you kept the same dream you've had your entire childhood? Mm -hmm. So reach out to us on our social media. If you do not know our social media and you are just joining for the first time. Hi, welcome to the shit show. And go back and listen because you're very far behind. Yes. Um, our Instagram page is where we usually do most of our interactions and it is no matter where, no matter when, without the A's. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see some of the feedback that we get and to see what some people say and broaden this topic a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. So with that being said, (laughs) thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for more episodes. Ta-ta.